Hello, my name is Pastor Mark Sturmer with The Church International, and I would just like to say welcome to our podcast. I know God wants to use this to speak something very positive into your life. I know this will encourage you, help you grow in your walk with the Lord. And look, if you enjoy this, leave a review, make sure you share it with someone, and go ahead and subscribe so that you won't miss out on any of the messages that God wants to communicate to you. Well, look, God bless, get ready, lean in, and watch what the Lord is about to do. So come on, who's ready to hear the word of the Lord today? Come on, who's ready to hear a message? Amen. Amen. Well, let's get started. You know, what's funny is that, uh, what's interesting is that even though uh, everyone in the room here this morning, we pretty much sat and did nothing for (laughs) nearly a minute, and I'm sorry about that (laughs) if that was a little weird, but we sat here and literally did nothing for about a minute, Um, even even though we were doing nothing, the timer that was going on didn't stop. And you, you need to know that, of course, this is my speaking timer for today, like how long I have for my message. And uh, even though I wasn't verbally preaching, at least like, you know, with words, during that minute, our amazing team, Noah, back there, they didn't pause the timer for me or anything uh, because the time is, I mean, it was still just running, even though I sat here and pretty much, uh, pretty much did nothing. And you as well. Well, you didn't really make that decision. I kind of made it for you. So I'm, I'm sorry about that. Um, but what's interesting enough as well is that even though we all sat here and did nothing, or like I said, even everyone watching online, um, there were a lot of people in a lot of places that were actually doing something. You know, uh, you probably know somebody what time is it right now? 11, 15? Yeah. You probably, y'all probably know somebody that's still sleeping a minute ago. Come on. Who knows somebody that's probably still asleep? <laughs> We're not jealous of them at all, I promise. Uh, <laughs> but we all know some, maybe we know some people that are still asleep. Or we probably know some people that were getting ready to have some lunch. Come on, who likes Sunday lunch? Yeah, yes indeed. Or you might know some people that maybe were at their house just chilling, cleaning their house maybe, watching a movie, whatever. We all know a lot of people that were doing a lot of things during that time. But interestingly enough, because we all decided, or I decided for us, that we were going to sit here and do nothing for that minute, we all missed out on everything that went on in everyone's lives during that minute. And we wasted that minute and we weren't able to really be a part of anything significant because we just sat here and didn't really do anything. Who's who's familiar with the term FOMO or fear of missing out? Quite a a few of us. Basically what that is is where uh, you, you don't like to miss out on fun stuff. You know, if your friends are going to do something fun, like you get this like 
guttural feeling where it's like, oh, I don't want to miss it. Like you can't miss out on some fun. Who, who would say that to some degree, they probably have a little bit of that. You know, I think now that I've gotten a little older, I don't think I have it as much because I'm extremely introverted. So I have no problem missing out on stuff. I'll just go be by myself. Um, but I think whenever I was a kid, I had it a little more because I grew up in a big household and it would be like late at night, whether the family was watching a movie or playing a game, something like that. And I would remember as a child being tired, like actually tired, wanting to go to sleep, but I wouldn't go to bed because I was scared I was like gonna miss out on some fun thing that happened, <laughs> you know? Like I think, I think to some extent, we all probably experience that a little bit in our lives where we're afraid we're gonna miss out on something fun. And the truth is, is that unfortunately for us, I kind of messed you up a little bit because I had us all miss out on some stuff for about a minute. And, and today I don't really want to necessarily talk as much about, you know, games or movies or brunch or sleeping and all this, you know, lunch, all that stuff that was going on during that time. But really more, I want to talk about what God does in minutes, in that minute, in, in the minutes that are ticking down right now on that clock what God does, because I want to tell you something, that God's doing something in minutes, in every minute. There are things that God is doing, and we don't need to be missing out on those things because we just sit still and do nothing. And the thing that I want to talk about today, and it's what really just God moving, and it's a part of our God's in this story series today, but I really want to talk about revival. And I really want to talk to you about, talk to you about how revival is in the air. Who's, who's heard the term revival in church a little bit? You know, if you've been in church for like three days, you've probably heard that word. You know, we use it a good bit. But the truth is, is that, is that God, is, God is reviving things and God is doing things. And, and this message comes to you today from a place, honestly, it comes from a pretty deep place within myself, God speaking to me, but I also believe it comes from a deep place from the Lord himself. And I believe, and I, and I want to start us off this morning, I want to tell you that I genuinely believe the Lord, I can speak for me personally, God has specifically spoken to me about the things that God wants to do in our lifetime, in our world. And I want to tell you today that there are things that God wants to do in our lifetime, that there are things we are going to see God do that are crazy, I'm talking crazy, like bigger than anything that we've ever seen before. Now, I can't exactly explain to you what it's going to look like or what that means, but I just know that God is doing something. But it has us ask the question this morning is really what is revival? And some of you may kind of have that question because, again, we sing a lot of songs about it. A lot of people like to say it in church, it's a cool thing to say, but we got to ask, like, really, what is it? At, at, the, at the bottom of the core, what is revival? And, and it, it, I kind of brought up an example that I think will get us, have us have a good picture is who's, fil who's familiar with a defibrillator? Yeah? Okay, for those of you who aren't familiar, but you watch movies, you know, in the movies, whenever the doctors have those little, like, uh, paddle thingies and they, they look like irons, you know, and they like rub them together and then they go clear and boom, hit, like hit somebody that's maybe not alive and they are not doing well and they hit this person and all of a sudden they're like jolts them back to life. Well, that's what essentially revival is because what revival is, is it's taking something that at the time is not as alive as it once was. And then it's sending a shock. It's sending a pulse, a movement 
through that thing, through that body, through that moment that creates, that sparks up and it restarts life in something that was designed to have life all along. And that's what revival is. And that is what God wants to do in our world and in our time. Is he wants to take, he's got these big old earth-sized paddles and he's just like, and he's just stepping back and boom, wants to send just life through the world that we live in. That's what, that is what revival is. You know, when we look at the Bible, we see examples of some moments of revival. One of those examples is you look at the, you look at John chapter four, it's the story of the woman at the well in Samaria. And a lot of us know this story. Basically the woman is at this well, Jesus comes, has an encounter with her. And then through that encounter, she actually goes back to the town and she starts to tell people about what Jesus did in her life. And then other people come to the revelation of Jesus themselves. Then Jesus himself and his disciples go to the town and they start spreading the good news and even more people begin to learn about the revelation of Jesus and all that kind of stuff. And that's what that's what a biblical version, that's what revival looks like according to what we see in the Bible. And another example is in Acts chapter two, whenever we look at the day of Pentecost, you know, you got 120 people that are in this upper room, you know, right now in here today, there's more than 120 people in here, but let's say you've got about this many people in this upper room. They're all seeking the Lord. They all love the Lord. And then all of a sudden the spirit of God is unleashed on all these people. And then they start to have an encounter with God where they're all starting to speak in tongues and all this crazy stuff. The Holy Spirit is moving. And then there's people outside that are gathering around because of how just crazy this moment is. And in fact, they're accusing, they're making accusations that it's actually not the Lord. But then everyone's like, no, really, like this is God. And then in this story, we see that Peter actually steps up and he presents a sermon that is very powerful, very amazing. And then we see God do something interesting. And in Acts chapter two, verse 41, it says, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. So could you imagine 3,000 people in one day? Like that's, that's a moment where God takes his paddles and he just sends something through the lives of people. That's what a revival looks like. You know, when we fast forward through time, we look at a more modern version of revival, revival, and this is actually an American or originated revival, and it happened in the 1910s to the 1970s. And uh, this is the revival uh, with Billy Sunday and Billy Graham. I know a lot of us will be familiar with the names. Pastor Mark talked about them, I believe it was last week. And basically, a lot of people consider this revival to be kind of like one revival that the two men led. It was like one move that happened together. But basically what happens is, Billy Sunday, over this time period, before his death, preaches to 1.5 million people. Shares the gospel to 1.5 million people. And then he passes away. Billy Graham, shortly after, he comes up and he preaches at over 400 events in 185 countries. And between both of these men, literally millions of people come to know Jesus accept salvation because of what God was doing in these minutes, what God was doing in these moments and in this time. And what I want you to understand this morning, church, is that revival is, sounds, it seems like, and 
understandably, a large, a massive word, but the truth is, is that revival is something that happens on an individual level inside of individuals and people's hearts, but on a large scale, okay? So what revival is, is God changing individuals' lives on a large scale. And we, we've got to, whenever we talk about revival and we see we see what, what it is according to the Bible, what we've seen in our own day, in our own time frame, and what it means, we got to ask ourselves the question today. Whenever we talk about all this and what God wants to do, and look, I'm telling you, God is moving. He's doing things. He's spoken to me. He's spoken to others. Even just this morning, we've had person on top of person said that God has spoken these kind of things to them over the last several years. And you got, but you got to ask yourself the question is that, is this something that I want to be a part of? Because just like this morning, how I made us all sit through a painful minute of quiet time (laughs) where y'all are expecting me to do something. Um, You get, you get to make a decision as to whether or not you're going to be a part of what God wants to do in your day and in your age. Because you got to understand, we have options. You know, you look at this, the Bible, you look at the story of the rich young ruler. You know, he comes to Jesus. And uh, I would say this is a pretty big thing that was happening during his day and age. We've got Jesus Christ in the flesh, like doing his ministry. And he comes to Jesus. He's like, hey, I've got this serious set of credentials that make me a great part of your team. And he's like, I want to be a part of what you're doing. And Jesus says, look, That's cool, but you're also going to have to sell everything you own and give it to the poor. Now, again, it's not so much about that specific thing, but it was about his heart. But the truth is, is that this rich young ruler chose physical things over being a part of what God wanted to do in his life and in his day and age. And we get to make that same decision in our lives, whether we want to be a part of what God is going to do or or whether we're going to choose physical things over the spiritual things that happen in our lives. Or we look at the example of the Pharisees, another example. Okay, these guys devoted to God, religious men, and Jesus comes again. Jesus comes on the scene. He's doing some crazy stuff. Like this is kind of what all the other Bible, like this is the culmination of the entirety of everything they heard about God is happening in front of them. But because they were so set on what they thought God's, a move of God was supposed to look like. And they were so set on the tradition as to the way that they had previously done things, they were unable to be a part of what God was actively trying to do in their day and age. And again, we get to make that same decision where God's doing something right now. God is moving. But the question is, are you willing to let go of what you think it should look like? Are you willing to let go of the way you, the traditions that you think need to be applied, but maybe God's like, oh, we're going to be done with that. You know, you get to make that decision as to whether you're going to drop that stuff and really get on board with what God is doing or whether you want to hold on to those things in your life. The biggest thing today that, that I really want to talk about in reference to being a part of what God is going to do in your life is that in order to participate in a revival, you have to be attentive to the voice of God. If you're going to participate in whatever it is God's going to do in your day and in your age, you got to be listening and you got to be tuned in. And I want to look at a story in the Bible that I think has a couple, a few lessons that I think are going to really speak to us today on being attentive and listening 
whenever God is trying to move in your life. And I want to look at the story of Samuel in the Bible. We first find Samuel where we're going to look at the story is uh, Samuel's mom's name is Hannah. Okay, and so Hannah, she is in a position where she wants a son, God intervenes, she wants a child, God intervenes, she gets pregnant and then has a child and out of her gratefulness, she actually dedicates her child to serve the Lord. So Samuel is dedicated to serving the house of the Lord under the high priest Eli, okay? So we find Samuel in a place where he is dedicated to the Lord, he is serving the house of God, all right? And Samuel, in fact, in the story, we're going to see that God starts to move in Samuel's life and use him to do some huge things. But I want us to look at this verse in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. It says, verse 1a, it says, Now the boy Samuel was attending the service of the Lord before Eli. And before we go on any further, the first thing I want you to recognize about Samuel being used by God to do something is that he positioned himself in a place to be a part of what God was doing. Because he was in the house of the Lord. Okay? And good news is, is he did the same thing that every single one of you are doing this morning. And everyone that's watching, everyone there at the jail, is you position yourself to be a part of the body of Christ, to be in the house of the Lord and a part of what God does. So this is where we find Samuel. But as we kind of go through the story, uh, we find that, so Samuel's in this place where he is in the house of the Lord. He's actually asleep. He's just tending to some duties in the house. And while he's sleeping, the Lord speaks to him and calls out his name. And so he wakes up and he actually goes to Eli. Because interesting, interestingly enough, the scripture says that uh, Samuel didn't really understand the word of the Lord yet and the Lord hadn't spoken to him directly. Um, so he goes to Eli, who's the high priest, and he says, hey, did you call my name? So apparently he's pretty close to him. Uh, but Eli says, no, I didn't call your name. So he goes back, he goes back to sleep. Again, the Lord calls his name, the same thing happens. He goes to Eli, says, hey. Eli says, no, it wasn't me, sleep. Again, the Lord calls his name, again. This time, he goes to Eli, and Eli recognizes the pattern and understands that God is trying to speak to Samuel. So he says, hey, Samuel, go back to your bed. Next time you hear it, just recognizes God and speak back to the, just speak back to God, okay? And so Samuel goes back to bed, and again, he, Samuel hears the voice of the Lord call out his name, okay? This time, Samuel, whenever he hears it, he does just what Eli says. He says, hey, Lord, this is me. And then the Lord speaks something very powerful to Samuel. And I want to read this verse. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 11, it says, Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I am going to do a thing in Israel, and both ears of everyone who hears about it will ring. Okay, so you've got to understand the magnitude of the statement that God just said. All right, he told Samuel, he didn't say, all right, so look, Samuel, I'm going to do something. It's going to be pretty cool. A few of your friends are going to be like, yeah, it's great. And then that's it. He said that literally both ears of the people that hear about the thing that I'm doing, they're, they're literally going to ring. Who's ever shot like a, maybe a really large, loud rifle? Okay, quite a few of us. Okay, so like if you shoot like a big rifle or something like that, you know that whenever you fire it, 
your ears ring, am I right? Or who's ever had a baby that cried at night and makes your ears ring? No, I'm just kidding. We're like, uh, she's over there. Surprise, she's not crying. But um, I'm just joking. But so what happens is the, the magnitude and the explosiveness of what just happened, it just resonates and causes your ears to ring. And God is saying like, this is the level of the thing that I'm about to do. Like, it's not just this little deal, like small, you'll hear about it. It's literally so explosive that it's going to actually rupture things, okay? And this is something that he, God comes to Samuel and says that he wants to do, all right? But th- 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 this is interesting, actually. So we find that Samuel is there with literally the high priest, Eli. But don't you find it interesting that God decided to speak to Samuel this thing, even though Eli was right there? I mean, we're talking about walking distance. You know, how far can a kid walk in their sleep? Not very far, <laughs> if, you, if you know kids. So he's got to be close. And, but God decides to speak something to Samuel. And I believe, I believe the reason that God decided to do that is because that was God signifying that he was ready to change things up. And he was ready to do something different. And I believe in the same way God says that in our day and age today, I'm ready to change things up and I'm ready to do something a little different. And you got to understand that Samuel is a boy at this time, okay? He's young, and you, you got to imagine, there's no way that Samuel could have imagined what was going to happen in his life. I mean, come on, Samuel is huge. There's a lot of stuff he does, but one of the biggest things is Samuel is a very key part of setting up the lineage of Jesus Christ through David, Okay, so the things that Samuel does in his life are just, the magnitude is, it's massive. Like we're reaping the benefits of Samuel's actions today. Okay, but there's no way that as a little boy that he could have possibly imagined that this is what he was gonna do in his life. And whenever the Lord's speaking to him in his sleep, that this is what it was gonna lead to. And I wanna tell you that there's literally no way for you in your life, you could possibly imagine what God wants to do through you. And I'm not saying that to five or six of the people in I'm saying that to every single person in here. So I just want to stop it. I know there, I know there are people in here that as soon as I said that, you thought, oh, well, that's for, yeah, you know, that's for him, that's for them, whatever. But I want to tell you, that is from the Lord to every single person in this room. Every single person in this room that you have no idea what God possibly wants to do in your life. And there's no way for you to know. But it's going to be huge. I'm telling you, it's going to be huge. But I want to look at two things in this story. There are two things that Samuel had to fight in order to be able to be attentive to the voice of God. And I think both of them apply to our lives. The first thing that Samuel had to fight was natural distraction. Natural distraction. And come on, we all know in here that that's a reality in our own lives. Can I get an amen? It's easy for natural things to distract us from what God is trying to do in the spirit. Because I want you to understand in every single one of your lives, God is doing a spiritual work. Not just in my life because I'm a pastor, not just in my wife's life because we're pastors. No, in every single one of your lives, God is doing a spiritual work. And you can't let the enemy distract you, use natural things to distract you from the spiritual work that God is trying to do in your life. And that's what Samuel had to do. He had to release the natural thought and think for a second that maybe it's actually God, the creator of the universe that is trying to do something in my life. 
And then whenever, it's whenever he released that and grabbed on to that truth that then, that then he was able to hear the voice of the Lord and things started moving forward. And it's the same thing that you have to do in your life. The second thing that Samuel had to fight was sleep. Come on, sleep. Who knows? Come on, who has a young, a young son or a young boy or was a young boy at some point that, bruh, sleep is a very valuable thing for a young man. Come on. Like, who, who knows the battle for sleep a little bit? Come on, who's got the, uh, yeah, that's what I'm right. All right, that's about a, the rest of y'all were too embarrassed. I'm sorry to raise y'all's hands. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But you got to think, we're talking about a young boy. How easy would it have been for him to, the fourth time waking up, I mean, come on, we, well, mostly my wife, but get woken up by a baby at night. Eventually, after like the, a few times, you're like, man, can I just sleep through this? Like Samuel could have said the same thing. Like, man, I'm just gonna, God speak, I'm gonna catch him in the morning. And he could have decided to sleep. And the truth is, is that you get to make the same decision in your life. Whenever it comes to what God is going to do in your life, you have to make a decision as to whether or not you're gonna sleep through what God is trying to do in your minutes. And in your days, in your hours, in your, in your years. And whenever I say sleep, I'm talking about not engaging spiritually in what God is doing. Sleep, sleeping on your relationship with God. Sleeping on telling people about Jesus. Sleeping, like all of these things. You've got to fight the, the, the urge to sleep through the minutes of your life. Because if you do, you're going to miss out on what God is trying to do in your day. In your day, I want to read a scripture in Ephesians 5, 14 through 16. It says, for this reason it says, awake sleeper and arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. So then be careful how you walk, not as an unwise people, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. The scripture is telling us right now that the time for revival, the time to do stuff, it's now. And it's always now. It's always been now. See, God's not waiting for, he's not like, ah, oh, we'll do that. God is doing it now in our day, in our age. He wants to move and he wants to do something that is amazing. And you've got to understand is that God is literally looking for people that want to be a part of something huge. He's looking around. He's looking around today. This morning, come on, I, I feel it. I feel it from, the Lord is looking down here today. And he's looking for people in this room, near the jail. He's looking there, watching online, in your house. He's looking for people that want to be a part of something huge, that want to be a part of changing the world, that want to be a part of shifting things, making things better, and really making a difference, seeing something that we've never seen before, seeing hope spread like a wildfire in our world. There's a scripture in Isaiah, chapter 6, verse 8. It says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? But I want to stop the scripture there because the next portion of this scripture, the writer, the man in this scripture, he gives an answer. And all of us know the scripture. Most of us know the scripture. And you may be tempted to think whenever I read this that this is automatically yours. But the truth is, is this is only your answer if you choose for it to be. This is not automatically your answer because you're here in church or I'm reading the scripture and you're like, oh yeah, put me in there. 
No, this is only your answer if you, if you choose to make it your answer today. He goes on to say, then I said, here I am, send me. In church, I want you to understand that God is, God is looking for people to say, here I am, send me. He's looking. The Bible says his eyes look to and fro across the earth for someone. If this morning, if everyone could go ahead and stand on their feet. I believe that this morning, like we read in that scripture, God, God sent me here today and this message is, is one that the Lord stirred up in my heart and um, it, it was kind of, they got different types of messages, you know, ones where you teach, ones where you, but this was one of those messages that, was, messages that were heavy because it's, it's saying a lot. And I believe that the Lord sent me here this morning to be your Eli from that story, to tell you that today, the, the voice you hear is not a natural voice, it's not me. The voice you hear is from God. And this is God speaking to you, saying that I want you to be a part of something huge, I want you to be a part of something big and of changing the world. And today, I wanna do this, I wanna give you I felt my spirit, in my spirit that the Lord wanted to give you an opportunity today to make a decision as to what you're, what you're gonna do, whether you're gonna engage in these minutes or, or not. And what I'm gonna do here in a moment is I'm give us an opportunity to make a decision and here in a second, I'm gonna count down, we're gonna bow our heads, we're gonna close our eyes and I'm gonna count down from three and I'm gonna count three, two, one. And, and after I say one, this morning, if you're in a position where you wanna be a part of what God is gonna about to do, then I want you to throw your hand in the air and I want you to the top of your lungs, yell, here I am, send me. Because today I believe it's time for us to, to make a decision and make a stance. And I get that maybe you're worried that you're gonna be the only person in here that does that. And uh, I get that. Uh, or maybe you're gonna be the only person in here that doesn't. But the truth is, is that's something you have to worry about for the rest of your life. And today you get to, you get to make a decision as to what kind of person you're gonna be, whether you wanna be a part of this or not. Because I wanna tell you something. I've been hearing my entire life about God moving, about God doing stuff, about, and look, he has been, he is. But I'm telling you that there comes a point in time in every person's life where you have to just go ahead and say, I'm not gonna just talk this. I'm not just gonna show up to church, but I'm actually gonna plug in and I'm gonna be a part of what God wants to do. And today you get to make that decision whether you're gonna be a part of what God's gonna do. So I wanna do this. Every person in this room, I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. In a second, I'm gonna count down. I want you to start making your decision. Come on, make your decision. What are you gonna do? Do you wanna be a part of this? It's not a decision you and your spouse make together. It's one that you make as an individual. Are you gonna be a part of what God is going to do? Are you gonna be a part of what God wants to do in your life? The wave of salvation, the wave of revival that God is looking to just spread across our world. Do you wanna be a part of it? Come on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna count. And after the count of three, I want you to make your decision. Throw your hand in the air and say, here I am, send me. Come on, church. 
Are you ready? All right, I'm going to count. Here we go. Come on, together. Make your decision. Ready? Here we go. Three, two, one. Here I am. Send me. Come on, let's sing this song together. prophesy this over you, okay? This comes from Ezekiel chapter 7, all right? Here it says this, Ezekiel chapter 7, verse 12 through 14, it says, therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the Lord says, behold, I'm going to open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves, my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves and caused you to come up out of your graves, my people. And then he says this in verse 14. He says, and I will put my spirit within you. Come on. And you will know, you and you will know, come to life. And I will give you peace. I will place in your own land. And that you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and done it, declares the Lord. Come on, I want to do this. Everyone in this place. I want you to lift your hands before the Lord because I'm going to pray a blessing over you this morning. Come on, I believe we're going to pray a blessing and the Spirit of God is going to be unleashed this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that you will unleash the Spirit of God on your people in the name of Jesus that right now, today, that we will begin to see the move of God that we've waited for. The ones that we've heard whispers of, the ones that we've dreamt of, the hope that we have, and in the name of Jesus, that you will bring people to salvation, that you will repair hope. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that you will release your spirit on your people and that we will be a part of the revival that you are planning to do. We'll be a part of what you are doing in the world in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that you will strengthen us, that you will bolden us, that we will walk and we will not fear, that we will run and we will not grow weary in the name of Jesus Christ and we'll be a part of what you're doing in our world. Send it now, a move of your spirit, heaven break out. Come now in power, cover this land like you've done it before. Lord, send revival. Lord, send it now, a move of your spirit. Again, what's in the Bible? What's in the name of 
hands together for Jesus this morning. Look, I, I want to tell you, I, whenever we talk about, you know, revival and, and God moving, I, like I said kind of in the beginning, I, I really don't know what it looks like or what it's supposed to look like or when it's going to happen, none of that, unfortunately. Maybe I'm not Christian enough to know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just joking. But I have no idea. I, I don't know. But all I know is I do know this, is that if we're going to be a part of it, it's going to take all of us. It's going to take all of us. It's not something one person can do. It's going to take every person in this room. So today I just want to invite you to let's, let's change the world together. And let's do this together. And let's see God do some amazing things. Come on, can I get an amen, church? Can we put our hands together for Jesus?